Welcome to Build with Hari Rao, a podcast by Get Ready Ministry. Let's receive today's word. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Excited to be with you after a short break. Gives me great joy to see all of you today. Today is a a very, very special service as I believe it's going to be a significant one. I don't know about you guys, but I miss seeing you on our regular services um, last week. By the special mercies of God, we were allowed to be in the city of Vancouver. We were able to do um, two days of meeting and serving God's people in Vancouver. It was so beautiful to see what God did uh, in the city of Vancouver. So, but I missed you though. <laughs> A part of me was constantly thinking of you guys, even though I was in Vancouver. We thank God. Uh, we serve a good God. We serve a faithful God. We serve a majestic God. Amen. Um, you know, uh, when God told us to go to... Can I share with you why we went to Vancouver? <laughs> One day, I was uh, in prayer. And I was praying for Canada. I was praying for Vancouver. And um, I was taken in a vision and allowed to see parts of Vancouver city. And I saw people walking without any clothes and their bodies were disfigured. Like their chest was disfigured, their faces were disfigured. They had no eyes, like their eyes were there, but it was closed. Like as though there was no eyelids for them to open. And they had no clothes on and they were just walking. And some of them were beaten and bruised and cuts on their body. And they were exposed. And as I saw that vision, I heard the Lord say, Will you go? Will you go? And cover my people. And hence the meeting was called Covering Vancouver. Um, but, you know, sometimes the assignments that God gives us, uh, they, know, they make no logical sense because at that time, we had zero contacts in Vancouver. Like, we we didn't even have a single email address. So we were going in by faith, but God, in His mercy, uh, allowed us to connect to a very, very precious woman of God uh, who helped us organize everything, host us in a very beautiful way. And when we stepped in that, into that city, I felt the Holy Spirit explode in my heart. And I know that God is about to do something very precious in the city of Vancouver. Um, so thank you. I will. I was so moved uh, by what this, uh, this person wrote to us. 
in in their email to us they said i wish i had all the money in the world to host you but i don't but i feel like the widow of zarafat all i have is at your disposal for what god wants to do in vancouver it it really it really moved my heart so we went and god brought people from different parts of um the city somebody drove 2 hours to be with us isn't that crazy like imagine driving 2 hours to come here a man that you've never met that you've never heard practically a stranger but god still brought his people and it was so precious so i want to thank you for i want to thank you for praying and i also want to especially thank those who sold in to the vancouver things it's a it's a special gift to sow into something that's happening for the first time oh, i'm i'm going to go back to vancouver again it, it it's going to be glorious but it's something precious about sowing into new beginnings sowing into fresh first steps thank you i appreciate how ah, we thank god i should not talk more about the meetings but uh, you know in the past we've always been it's been we we are used to missionaries from india uh, from canada coming to india we used to missionaries evangelists prophets from united states coming to india <laughs> i think it's a, it's a new trend where god is sending people from india to different parts of the world that's uh, it's something prophetic that is happening so i want to thank you for sowing i appreciate it yeah. it was not a cheap conference it was uh, quite expensive but all our needs were met all our needs were met even before we stepped into the conference i think it cost us about between 4 to 5000 dollars it's about i think 3 to 4 lakhs i'm not sure but god has been good amen ah today are you guys ready for the word i promise you i have something that is that has been baking in the heart of god for a few weeks for you huh? and i i have been sent by the lord this morning for some very very special but very specific people and today this morning evening afternoon wherever you are will you hear the word of the lord with with fear and trembling and receive this word as though the lord, as though the lord himself is speaking to you directly please will you honor this word thank you thank you thank you thank you i so appreciate you about 2 weeks ago maybe 3 i don't remember the exact time and i heard the lord while i was in prayer he said many of your people are stuck in between seasons 
many of your people are stuck in transition. And I heard the Lord say, I believe the Lord wants me to say, share this with you. The Lord said, I want to push them into their promised land. I want to push them into their God-given destiny. They have stayed on this place or they have stayed in this place for too long. They have been in between places, in between seasons. They have been in transition for too long. They have left, but they have not arrived. They have departed, but they have not come close to the destiny of God. So, child of God, this morning, will you lift your hands wherever you are? I can't see you, but my, my Jesus sees your hands. Will you lift your hands? So, Father, to every hand that is lifted, I release help. I release grace. And I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, you have stayed here for too long. I push you into your God-given destiny. On the wings of the Lord, you shall mount up with the wings of the Lord and exit. Exit this place and exit this season in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Child of God, it is, a, it is a sad thing to die without arriving. It is a sad thing to perish without finishing what God has given you. It is a sad thing. And dare I say, huh? dare I say, okay, I won't say it, it's okay. It's a sad thing to die on the way because God doesn't desire that for you. God doesn't desire that for your house. God doesn't desire that for your marriage. God doesn't desire that for your family. To have left and never arrive is tragedy. But I declare to you, you shall not perish on the way. You will not die on the way. You will not be buried in the wilderness, but you shall exit the wilderness and come into your promised land. I have been sent by God to push you out of this place. Ah, can you give glory to the Lord just for 30 seconds? Say, God, thank you. Thank you for shifting me. Thank you for carrying me under your wings. I will not die in transition. Reke no la se ke de no se. 
we appreciate the lord jesus this this morning i bring you more than words i bring you grace to shift out of this place to shift out of this location to shift out of transition amen amen you know what is sad people of god to make that which is not a season a season in your life hmm? one more time to make that which is not a season ordained by god into a season it's 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 not meant to be a season it's not meant to last so long it's not meant to tarry so long you're not meant to be in that space for so long in that season for it's not even a season but because you have stayed there for so long it has become a season over your life you know sometimes you know in every country we when we go from one season to the next when you go from summer to monsoon or monsoon to the winters or you know there is this one awkward space where you don't know is it sunny today or is it going to rain today or you know there's a awkward few days sometimes a week or two huh because one day it's hot the next day it's raining the next day it's rainy and the next day it's hot you know but it's a short period it's a short period imagine being stuck in that short period for decades it's a sad thing but today by the special grace of god it comes to an end we thank Jesus for this go with me to the book of exodus please go with me to the book of exodus chapter 13 i have touched this verse before but i want to revisit it one more time exodus 13 Holy Spirit we love you and we thank you for your kindness. Exodus 13 go to verse 17. When I'll read for us Exodus 13 verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go God did not lead them by way of the land of the philistines although that was near ah one more time one more time please you have to pay attention to the word when pharaoh let the people go god did not lead them by the way of the land of the philistines although that was near for god said lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt but god led the people around 
by the way of the wilderness toward the red sea and the people of israel went up out of the land of egypt equipped for battle oh that's a very interesting passage we see that god has delivered the nation of israel about 1 million people hmm 1 million people out of egypt so they have escaped bondage so they have left egypt god has delivered them from the hand of the pharaoh god has delivered them from bondage from slavery from 430 years of slavery and after exiting we are told that there was a shortcut ah and listen to me carefully there was a shortcut to the promised land there was a route there was a way there was a passage hmm? that could have brought israel to canaan to the promised land in an accelerated way but that road is the road where the philistines are encamped god had no problem taking that road are you guys with me please talk to me engage with me god had no problem taking that road because god is not afraid of the philistines god is not afraid of the enemy god is not afraid of the warfare but here we hear god's own testimony and he's saying god did not lead them by way of the land of the philistines although that was near lest the people change their minds when they see war <sighs> so child of god is it possible is it possible that the road you are traveling in right now god picked that road for you not because there was not an alternate route not because there was not a shortcut but because god was conscious of your mindset god was conscious of how you would respond to certain situations and certain circumstances lord jesus help us holy spirit please help us i'm trying to teach you something there is a way to accelerate certain things in your life there is a way to accelerate growth accelerate advance your journey move at a faster speed but it requires a certain mindset it requires a certain fortitude it requires a certain stamina inside of you what will you do what how will you respond when you see the enemy what will you do because the philistines were a people of war they want to fight they like to fight 
they will not give passage to a million people peacefully they will fight to protect their territory even though israel was just passing through even though israel was just going to pass through hmm? on their way ah. so god weighs their heart weighs their mind weighs the contents of their spirit and says ah, if these people see war eh this is 430 years of slavery 430 years of plowing the land or if not they if they didn't plow of just building cities you forget how to fight you forget how to contend you forget how to hold a sword you forget how to throw a spear uh, more than holding the weapons your mind your mind your mind is not ready for a fight so god weighs their heart please stay with me i'm taking you somewhere today i promise you i'm taking you somewhere today god weighs their mind and says these people when they see war they will change their mind and turn their ways they will go back to egypt they will go back to where they came from they will go back to the old ways they will prefer slavery they will prefer slavery over war survival instincts will kick in so god prepares an alternate route another way but this one is longer but even the long road is only 11 days hey <laughs> ah it's a problem oh huh? so god's long cut not shortcut god's long cut is still only 11 days from the promised land so there was a way where they could have got from the promised land from egypt to the promised land in less than 11 days maybe we don't know what was that shortcut but let's assume whatever but the road that god does choose is still only 11 days but let's say you know there are families there are children there are elderly people so you take many breaks huh you take many 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 breaks you take many breaks let's make it a month you know what let's be a little more generous let's make it a year huh but still they don't arrive instead they spend 40 years in the wilderness for zero how is it that a 11 day journey costs you 40 years of your life so one road is a shortcut but we can't walk through it because of my mindset because i'm afraid of warfare i'm afraid of confrontation i'm afraid of the enemy another road is a long cut 
doesn't have the philistines in them hmm? doesn't have the philistines in them but it still takes a group of people 40 years what's going on here what's going on here can i share something with you lord jesus help me a visible enemy is easier to fight than an invisible one a visible war is easier to overcome than a war that we cannot see i let that sink in because warfare a war has the ability of producing focus in you that won't exist otherwise um okay 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 i think you guys are quiet for me let me break this down when you're confronted with a visible enemy that is threatening your life there seems to be a strength and an energy and a focus in you that doesn't come that you don't seem to move with otherwise okay let me uh, you don't believe me okay 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 let me explain this you don't believe me hmm? how is it that you pray more desperately when you are in immediate danger how is it you are more focused in your giving how is it you are more focused in your obedience how is it you are able to walk away from sin when you are surrounded by threat ah maybe somebody is in the hospital and they are battling for their life how come you are not engaging in sinful things how come you are praying more aggressively how come you are obeying more aggressively because you are conscious that yeah, somebody you know your maybe your dad your mom your uncle your aunt or somebody close to you is in the hospital they're battling for their life it requires a warrior in you to come out it requires a certain version of you to come to the surface to deal with this situation but when everything is okay when there is no imminent threat my god i'm preaching today when there is no imminent danger and when you when you are not surrounded by danger you don't seem to produce the same level of excitement the same level of intentionality the same level of energy to go through what god is calling you to do ah so your speed listen to me carefully listen to me carefully so your speed in life your intentionality in life your focus in life your strength in life is not motivated by love but driven by fear fear seems to get more out of you than love okay are you are you with me are you are you with me there is a problem problems cause you to pray more and better than your love for jesus why is it that fear 
is driving you harder than your love for God, than your love for your destiny. That's a problem. Oh, that's a problem. That's a problem. Because the enemy ah, is able to extract more from you than the God who loves you and cares for you and died for you. Don't, 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 don't be, don't play cute today. Ah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> ah, you know, you know how you used to pray when you couldn't pay the rent. You know how you used to pay, pray and seek God when something needs the urgent attention of Jesus. But after the miracle, ah, you know, I'm going to rest now. I'm just going to meditate. I'm just going to rest. You know, oh, I rest in the love of Jesus. Huh? Nothing wrong with that. We must all rest. Huh? We must all rest. But being at rest doesn't mean that you're not tenacious. Tenacious. There is a tenacity that must rest, that must be in your spirit even when you're at rest. There must be a contending in your soul and your spirit even when you're at rest. Most people can't differentiate between rest and laziness. Okay, I'll give you a minute there. <laughs> Are you with me? This is important. This is important. So, so God was like, if they see the Philistines, they will instantly change their mind. So God was like, no problem. Let's take them through a longer road. But this longer road goes through the wilderness, goes through a dry place, goes through a path where there is no KFC, where there is no McDonald's, where there is no... Um, uh, what do you call Dosa joint and Dosa point and there was no chicken biryani. Huh? It goes through a road where where your conveniences are not met. Ooh, I'm going to touch something right now. This alternate route goes through a path that doesn't feed your flesh that doesn't feed your cravings huh? you see the reason they said it was better for us to be in Egypt was this simple reason in Egypt even though they were slaves their flesh was fed their cravings were met oh they'll give you a little KFC there's always the chicken biryani there. And if you're really stressed, you can go have a nice big tub of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, you are a slave, but your flesh is catered to. Your flesh is constantly fed. The sins that you enjoy are present all the time. You're a slave. Huh? You're a slave. You're a slave. You're a slave. From morning six, to night six, you work as a slave, but 7 p.m. onwards, nobody's stopping you hitting the bar, hanging out with those women, 
or with those men ah having those i ah, yeah, it's okay shall, shall we not touch that part today <laughs> huh? in your in your <laughs> post 7 pm you can still access instagram you can scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll but the wilderness doesn't have wifi oh <laughs> I I know what I'm doing today please allow me to be the messenger that God has asked me to be this morning so God designs a road for them where their flesh will be tested where their flesh is 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 constantly has to die constantly now they are experiencing uh, withdrawal symptoms now uh, can i not do this all my life i did this my father did this my grandmother did this listen 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 the habits of a free people are different from the habits of a people in bondage one more time let me share this to you one more time I said the habits of a free people are different from the habits of a people in slavery. Many of us are are free. We have exited Egypt. We have left Egypt, but the habits we learned in Egypt, the mind patterns we learned in Egypt, I the toxicity we learned in egypt the responses we learned in egypt we have left egypt but egypt hasn't left us so i've come out but egypt has not come out of me i'm still talking like my previous season my vocabulary is still from the previous season I Now instead please listen to me please 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 listen to me listen You are now led by a Moses but you still treat your Moses like your pharaoh taskmaster <laughs> Ah you're quiet oh you're quiet oh you're quiet you're quiet you're quiet You talk to Moses like you spoke with your taskmaster God has brought you out of Egypt but you treat God like you used to treat Pharaoh you complain to God and complain about God like you used to complain about Pharaoh so now you are being led by God hey you're being led by God you're being led by Moses but your heart and your mind still responds to them like you used to respond to pharaoh and the way you used to respond to the taskmaster ah but you are not but you are not changing your vocabulary you're not changing the posture of your heart you're not changing the way you are being led you're not being led by a pharaoh anymore you're being led by the prophet of god and he requires a different 
mindset he requires a different attitude he requires a different vocabulary we're going somewhere today turn to your neighbor and say we're going somewhere today so child of god listen to me carefully please you have to intentionally intentionally crucify the part of you that was shaped in egypt you have to crucify the part of you that was intentionally forged in egypt so there are speed is determined by two things okay i'm giving keys today that you didn't ask for you better you saw a good big offering today okay huh huh kabaro santelema speed is determined by two things the enemies you defeat because if you had defeated if you were willing to go to war with the philistines that gives you speed that gives you acceleration that gives you shortcut that saves you time but the problem with being able to defeat enemies is that you can still carry a version of you into the promised land that is not refined yet and that's why when people get success very fast and they have not worked on themselves that they have not developed themselves they have not given god the opportunity to work on their character they have success but they don't have the character to su- sustain that success and suddenly with success their personality is exposed their character is exposed so so speed alone is not enough but let me finish this thought let me finish this thought so you get speed by doing two things one you defeat enemies you conquer philistines second you shed weight you shed egypt you shed weight and that gives you speed so in the wilderness god was teaching them that you can achieve speed you can achieve acceleration not just by defeating the enemies but by also shedding weight by shedding egypt by developing your character are you guys learning something today huh or is this just i don't know what this this guy is talking about huh today is a special morning i'm promising you this word is being tailor made for some of you i don't have notes i'm not preaching from notes this is coming fresh to you from the heart of jesus if you're making notes write this down the wilderness is god's way of giving you an opportunity of burying egypt in secret Did you hear what I just said? God took them through a wilderness where there were no witnesses. <laughs> Nobody to condemn you. Nobody to point a finger at you. Nobody to convict you. Nobody to say, "Ah, I saw what you did." Only God is your witness. 
So God was like, listen, I'm going to take you through this road. I'm going to give you an opportunity to work on yourself. <laughs> and I will become the pillar of fire, the cloud of glory. By day, I will be with you day and night. And I have placed my servant Moses in your midst. And I'm going to visit you. I'm going to bring glory to you. And I'm going to show you myself. I'm going to show you my power. I'm going to show you my provision. Listen, think of this. Think of this God. You have God's immediate glory. You have one of the greatest prophets leading you. Huh? They said, look at, look at this God. Look at this God. His glory and His presence is there. You wake up and you open your eyes, you see the cloud. You go to bed in the warmth of His glory. You go to bed and sleep in the warmth of His presence. Eesh. And if you have a question, oh, there's Moses there. 24-7, you have access to Moses, your best pastor, huh? best pastor, beautiful pastor, lovely guy. He has access to the tent, he has access to the glory, he has access to the heart of God. He, this guy has met God and, has, and speaks to God face to face. Ah, you can't ask for a better pastor. You can't ask for a better pastor. This guy meets God and talks to him face to face. And let's make it. And God testifies that this is the humblest man on the earth. The most humble guy. Oh, yo. I have a man of God leading me who meets God face to face. And he's also humble. Ah, what a special way. What a special gift. And you know what? I don't have to work. I am fed day in and day out. Morning food is there, afternoon food is there, night food is there. I don't have to sow, I don't have to reap. I am not working like a slave. I'm not working as an entrepreneur. I don't have a nine to six job. I'm not even working in this season. Oh. Freely I'm eating not just food. I am eating angels food my children are protected no enemies can come no animals in the wilderness can come so what do i have left so jesus what must i do now get to know this god and work on your character god is with you the prophet of god is with you you have provision you have protection and you're making progress every time the cloud moves. So, children, men, women, listen, your job, you have not known this God for the last 430 years. So you have one job, get to know this God. And as you get to know this God, I expect you to transform and change. And you know what? I'm giving you the beauty. I'm giving you the liberty of transforming in secret. 
of transforming in the secret place, in the private place. So nobody can see who you were and who you become. Nobody has to see that ugly, awkward face. Ah, I'm intentionally hiding you in the wilderness. So when you do show up in the promised land, they can't recognize you. Hey, wait, the last time we heard about you, we we knew you were slaves but i look at you now you're wearing the clothes of a slave but you don't talk like a slave you don't think like a slave you don't move like a slave In, instead you are walking like a son you are talking like a son i see royalty upon you but but didn't you just leave the wilderness? Didn't you just leave Egypt as slaves? Oh, the wilderness was a secret hiding program for slaves to shed their slavery and become the true sons and daughters of God. Come on. So your wilderness was God covering you, giving you shelter, so you can transform and change in the secret character. So when you exit, when you exit wilderness, you don't look like Egypt. You look like Mount Sinai. God brought them out of Egypt and introduced them to his glory on the Mount of God. The whole mountain was covered by the glory of God. Whole mountain was covered by the fire of God. The whole mountain was covered with the presence of God. God's like, this is me. He was introducing themselves, himself to them. And in seeing that glory, they were meant to change. They were meant to transform. They were meant to look like this God. They were meant to look like the prophet. They were meant to speak like the prophet. Because now they are not carrying Egypt. Egypt has met Mount Sinai. They are no longer representations of Egypt. They are no longer uh, victims of Egypt. They are no longer products of Egypt. They are meant to be products of glory. They're meant to be products of His presence. So when people look at them, they never see Egypt. They, they know where you came from and they look at you. Don't look like what you were. You don't look like your assault. You don't look like your trauma. You don't look like your pain. You don't look like your slavery. You don't look like your chains. You don't look like your bondage. You don't look like your sin. You don't look like what you were associated with. Instead, you look like God. You look like Jesus. You look like the glory. So after encountering this God, God looks at them and says, I do not wish to come with them because they are a stiff naked people, stubborn people. Huh? They are arrogant in the wrong ways. They are stubborn for the wrong things. I don't want to come. 
because if I came, I will consume them. I will consume them. So there's a dimension of God that we will never encounter. There's a dimension of grace, there's a dimension of glory that we will not touch. Because if we have to touch it, that glory has a certain requirement. That glory has a standard. That glory has a certain protocol. God's like, if I come in your midst, in this condition of your heart, uh, it's better I don't come. It's better I don't come. So it is God's mercy. Please listen to me. I'm going to finish in a few minutes now. It is God's mercy. It's God's way of protecting you by shielding you from some realities. From protecting you from certain dimensions of grace and dimensions of glory. God is not withholding himself because he doesn't like you. He's withholding himself in order to protect you. But as you work on your character, as you partner with the Holy Spirit, as you partner with the Word of God, and as you say, you know what? My desire for your presence is greater than my craving for sin. My desire for your glory is greater than my carnality. My, my, my love for you, Jesus, is greater than the needs of my flesh. So I intentionally crucify the flesh so I can get hold of you. You know what makes me sad? They didn't go through the road of Philistines because they were afraid of war. Yeah? Because they were afraid of war. What's the worst thing about war? Death. Right? Oh, if somebody goes to war, death. Husbands die, fathers die, wives die, mothers die, children die, grandparents die, death. That's the worst, right? That you lose and then, and somebody loses and the consequence of losing is people die. An entire generation died in the wilderness and yet there were no Philistines. That whole generation that came out of Egypt, died in the wilderness. They tasted death. It's just that with the Philistines, it would have been in a day. In the wilderness, it was 40 years. That's why I told you, sometimes invisible enemies are more dangerous than visible enemies. The enemy in the wilderness was not the Philistine. The enemy in the wilderness was me. It's easier to kill the enemy that's outside. It's hard to kill the enemy that lives inside. It's easy to shoot the Philistine. Boop, 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 boop. Very hard to say no to self. Very hard to crucify the flesh very hard to say no to the will of man. Okay. I'm going to 
I'm going to give you a couple of strategies. First strategy to exit wilderness. To have a tender heart. To be tender before the Lord. To possess a childlikeness before God. Not childishness. But childlikeness. Being tender before God. A broken and a contrite spirit he will not despise. He gives grace to the humble. You know, let's say you are struggling in an area of sin. Don't become proud about that area. Don't try to justify to God why that sin is okay for you to have in your life. Small or big doesn't matter. Sin is sin. So when you struggle, instead of being hypocritical about it, go to the Lord Jesus and tell him, God, I struggle in this area. I have tried, but I don't know why I keep failing. Tenderness. Because you will receive grace. You will receive forgiveness. Don't go into the camp that are proud in their sin. That are arrogant in their sin. They know it is wrong. And yet, they make what is wrong right. That is stupidity. That is arrogance at the highest level. Let us not, in our quest to be accepted, in our quest to be acknowledged, in our quest to feel better, feel happy, let us not make what is wrong right. Let us not justify our way of living, our ways of thinking, our ways of going about life. If it's a sin, it's a sin. But if you can come boldly to the throne of grace, you have grace. Huh? This is a little more tricky. Okay. But let me help you explain this. How do you recognize that the way you are thinking is wrong when you have thought a certain way all your life? They inherited and developed a mindset in Egypt. And now they are not in Egypt and they are not led by Egyptians. They are led by a cloud and they are led by a prophet. The cloud and the prophet have a different mindset. They have a different way of eating. They have a different way of conducting affairs and business. And that way of the cloud, the mind of the cloud, the ways of the cloud are contrary to the ways of Egypt. So every move, listen to me carefully now, every move the prophet makes, every move the cloud makes is an offense to your soul, is a mind battle, is a mind attack. You're in constant 
constant conflict because every move the man of God makes, every sentence the man of God is making is in direct contradiction to the way you have thought and you have lived. So you need a theology class after every statement. But can I tell you something? The cloud doesn't explain itself. It keeps moving. Are you guys with me? <laughs> I was talking to somebody recently and uh, we were in a conversation about spiritual fathering. And uh, I was talking about how how my father thinks is sometimes so different from the way my father thinks. And in previous seasons, that would be a point of conflict. I'll be like, how can this? I am also born again. I am also a believer. I also read the same Bible, but yet my father thinks and operates differently than I do. And that used to be a point of conflict in a previous season, in another season. But today, it's a point of celebration. Why? I am glad that the man I am following and the man I am choosing to mentor me thinks differently from me because it's now become a point of inspiration. So I can grow into his mindsets, into his mindset. I can grow into the way he thinks. You see, we keep talking about iron sharpens iron, correct? But you see, how can it? How can there be sharpening if there is no friction? It is friction that sharpens you. It's friction that sharpens you. The flames that come when two metals rub against each other and there is friction and heat and sparks. It is that, that's what makes you sharp. If you and your, ah, that's okay. The one that is mentoring you, you think the same way in every single department, then you don't need a mentor, my dear. Ah, are you listening to me? This is important. So you have to develop the mindset of the cloud you are following. You are developing the mindset of the cloud you are following. And third, this is important, but uh, please don't be religious about what I'm saying. <laughs> I say this with a lot of love and, and care. Proximity to the man of God that has placed over your life. And I, when I say Proximity. I'm not talking about physical proximity. I'm not talking about you hanging out and having ice cream all the time. It's nice to have ice cream with your man of God, but if you can't have ice cream, it's okay. One of the reasons Joshua was selected was because of his proximity to Moses. But yet, it was not the proximity to Moses itself. It was what Moses represented. You see, Moses had the opportunity 
to get close to the glory of God. He was the only one that was allowed to enter the tent of God. He was the only one that was allowed to enter the tent of the meeting. Nobody else was allowed. Hmm? Please, 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 please. But Joshua, because he was a servant to Moses, he was a son to Moses because he helped serve Moses. He was given a certain proximity. He was given a certain access. He was allowed to come close. And because of that proximity, that proximity to the man of God by default allowed a certain nearness to the tent of meeting, to the glory of God, to what Moses was hosting in his spirit. And by being close to that glory, he didn't enter it. He didn't walk into it. But there was enough transference. There was enough impartation. There was enough shifting of the minds. There was enough shifting of the spirit. There was enough shifting. When Moses was about to be taken up, God was like, the next eligible character is Joshua. See, there was Caleb also from the company that left Egypt. And there was Joshua. Only two men, two families, two guys that survived Egypt and the wilderness. Only two guys, Joshua and Caleb. So Caleb also made it into the promised land. Caleb also came through. But God picked Joshua. The only difference is that Joshua had a proximity that Caleb did not. Huh? Are you guys learning something today? These are mysteries in the kingdom. These are mysteries. I can hear somebody saying, oh, but where is this in the New Testament? Where is this in the New Testament? I'll show you. I can hear your thoughts. <laughs> and that sounds creepy, but uh, not like that. <laughs> Go with me to the book of Acts. Go with me to the book of Acts. Go to verse 12. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your goodness. Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Then they turned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which was near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James, Andrew and Philip, Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, please listen to me carefully. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of the person was about 120 and said, Brothers and scriptures, brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. 
Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out and it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that field was called in their own language Akeldama that is the field of blood but it is written in the book of Psalms may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it and let another take his office and because Judas was rejected and Judas killed himself and Judas disqualified himself a spot is open now okay a spot is open uh, there is a vacancy and look at the qualification of who is going to take that vacancy who is going to be considered so one of the men who have accompanied accompanied us during all the time that the lord jesus went in and out among us beginning from the baptism of john until the day he was taken up from us one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection <laughs> and they put forward two joseph called barsabas and who was and who was called ba who was called justice and matthias wait 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 so they're looking for replacements they're looking for somebody to come and take judas's spot and the condition peter is laying out is proximity who has journeyed with us from the start till this point who has witnessed all of these events who i they 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 were not chosen to be an apostle they were not chosen to be a prophet they were not chosen to be one of the 12 disciples and yet for whatever reason they chose to be close they chose to journey with us when they were not chosen by Jesus they were not one of the 12 apostles they were not one of the 12 disciples they were not any of these things they didn't cast out demons Jesus didn't take them up the mountain Jesus did not transfigure in front of them Jesus did none of these things and yet these people these two men chose to hang out with those who were chosen they chose proximity with the 12 they chose proximity with jesus even though they didn't have a title they didn't have a calling they didn't have and yet one one was rejected god picked the one that had proximity ay 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 ah it's okay it's okay I'm preaching better than you're responding. <laughs> I just showed you a secret. You see, loyalty and proximity to a grace qualifies you into that grace even though you may not have been chosen in the first place. Isn't it amazing? This guy was not chosen. God didn't tell Joshua you're going to succeed Moses Joshua. 
God meant God didn't say anything. In fact, if anybody was chosen was Aaron. Technically, one of Aaron's sons maybe should have led them. Because Aaron passed too. Right? Aaron was called publicly, anointed publicly, given roles and responsibilities publicly. So God could have just picked one of Aaron's sons. But no. God went to Joshua. Joshua served a man of God. Ah, isn't it beautiful? Please let me pray and release you. Because some of you have already transitioned out. Some of you God has already held your hand and taken you out. But here's the beauty. Moses was disqualified and yet the one who served Moses this qualification didn't pass on <laughs> there was no impartation of disqualification god didn't look at joshua and say ah you are a son of moses so you are of the same spirit you're going to be just like your father so while moses himself was disqualified that disqualification didn't pass on to Joshua in fact his loyalty and faithfulness and proximity qualified Joshua and now Moses though disqualified is giving instructions son do this son do that son do this huh and what did god tell Joshua as i was with Moses I will be with you. So beautiful and so precious. Because God helps. God disqualified Moses from entering the promised land. But God didn't remove himself from Moses. He said, "Moses, you can't go in to the promised land." but you still have me you have inherited me because what was moses's prayer if you do not go from here i will not go anywhere moses's desire was his glory moses's desire was his presence moses's only focus was you know what i want you god the god's like no problem i'll give you i have a theory Okay, I have a this is my private revelation the cloud of glory and the pillar of fire ceased that day you see when they entered the promised land the cloud lifted and the pillar disappeared the that, that kind of glory didn't enter with Joshua and didn't enter with the people of God it was a different dimension of grace i believe it didn't enter because moses didn't enter god is like moses because you are not going into the promised land this manifestation of my glory this dimension of my grace i will rest with you they will have me but in a different way so instead of a cloud 
the angel meets Joshua. Isn't this beautiful? Ah, we thank God. This is my private revelation. Okay, I won't preach anywhere else. This is just me. Some men become custodians of certain dimensions of grace and glory. Huh? Some men, because of their friendship with God, because of their nearness to God, because of the strength of their relationship with God, they become gatekeepers. They become custodians of certain dimensions of grace. May you be such a man. May you be such a woman in your generation. That you bring an aspect of God alive. You become the tangible expression of a dimension of God's grace in your generation. Our goal is not just to make it to heaven. Our goal is to make this God visible. It's to make this God tangible. It's to make this God real. So when people come in contact with you, they have come in contact with the God of the Bible. So I bless you this morning. And I declare over your life, no weapon that is forged against you shall prosper. No enemy that comes against you will stand. Every enemy that comes against you will scatter seven different ways. And as a prophet of God, I declare to you, at the, by the utterance of this word, you are exiting transition. I push you out of your wilderness. I push you out of transition and I open the door for you to step into your promised land. I open the door for you to step into your destiny. I open the door for you walk for you to walk into your original design and original function from God. You will not be buried in the wilderness. You will not die in the wilderness. You will not pass away in the wilderness. You will not perish in the wilderness. You will not die without arriving. So God, I bring a warning to you from the Lord. Don't grow roots in transition. One more time, don't grow roots in transition. Don't go roots in the wilderness because you, once the roots go deep, we can't uproot you. But yet, I see the Lord taking you from this season and planting you into your next. So I bless you in the name of you are free. You are free 
to walk into your God-given destiny. On the wings of the Lord, you shall mount up with the wings of the Lord and enter the promised land. Child of God, hear me when I tell you this. Welcome to a new season. Welcome to a new chapter. Welcome to a new world. Welcome to the promised land. I bless you. May you prosper in this new place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, child of God. Thank you, people of God, for giving me the privilege and the honor of serving you and bringing you a word from the Lord. It is my highest honor to serve you. I'm most honored that you would give me your time and your attention and receive this word that we bring from the Lord. So thank you. Continue to pray for me and my wife continue to pray for Vancouver if the Lord allows we will be going back in the month of May uh, I feel in this season I must go and visit this land and pray over this land so if you want to uh, partner with us continue to partner with us you can sow into our Vancouver project so you are blessed I want to close with this. You cannot receive a word like this. You cannot hear a prophetic declaration like this and not so into the word. So I want to encourage you to build an altar and sow a seed. You know, it's these things we do by principle, not by coercion, not by uh, force. So if you have received this word and you believe you have shifted go ahead and honor the lord for it so thank you and see you on saturday yeah god bless you guys take care thank you for tuning into this episode please consider sharing it and for more information log on to harirao.com